Yo, yo. Hi, We're live. Everyone. We're back. Huh? So, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Get Your Thumb Productions podcast episode 43, I think. Um, my name is Keith. And you are? And I'm Justin. Hello, Justin. Hi, uh, hi there. This Good is a pod. What's that? Good to talk to you again. I know. Yeah, this is. It's we're we're batching. This is called batching. Um, we're batching these episodes. So we just got off episode forty-two. I, I'm actually starting getting my brain is getting scrambled, and I'm not even sure what episode this is. This might be forty. I think it's forty-three. Well, whatever episode it is, we're all listening to it now. So yeah. So um, thanks for tuning in. This is the Get You Some Productions podcast, a podcast covering all things related to the production of music, from the very first note to the very from the very first note to the very fat last fan, and everything in between. We, uh, our motto is to create music constantly and inspire others to do the same. And on that note, pause the podcast and go play your instrument or go make some music or go write a lyric or go hum a tune or go do some vocal warm-ups or whatever it is that inspires you or you're inspired to do. And then you can come back and continue listening where, where, we, where you left off. <clears throat> so uh, we've been discussing this book, Unlocking Creativity, by Michael Beinhorn. It's, uh, the full title is Unlocking Creativity, A Producer's Guide to Making Music and Art. Um, and um, it is written by a gentleman named Michael Beinhorn. If you want to, uh, if you want to support the podcast, we'll include an affiliate link to buy the book, so you can buy it, read it with us. The first episode we talked about it on was the, was episode thirty six, so you can go back and uh, and sort of read along with us um, if you wish to. Now, we are discussing, actually, the second half of Chapter 2, and we thought it warranted its own, um, its own episode because there's a bunch of really cool questions that Justin and I were going to ask each other. Um, did I cover all that? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is you know, when, when Michael Beinhorn is, uh, is, is basically um, assessing uh, whether he's going to jump in to a project with a, an artist or band or whatever, whoever it is. Um, these are, these are, he's revealed to us his uh, list of questions that he, he sends to the artist. Nice. Yeah. These are cool questions. And actually, yes. Yeah, so I'll just re I'll just reiterate chapter two is called prep work and it's work that he does as a producer before either before or while entering into an agreement to even produce something for an artist right so this is like you I, know, I think at this point he's checked out the artist he's kind of like uh he's kind of formed an image who is this artist where could this artist go you know like and he's listened to a lot of the music and and the performances or whatever you can get his hands on and now uh, this would be their first actual um you know like real conversation i suppose mm-hmm and and, we, and so Justin and I on the last podcast were discussing how we were going to ask each other the questions, um, and they're really cool questions. So I think this is great for anybody to either ask 
for the producer, for a producer to ask an artist or for artists to ask themselves mm-hmm. or ask each other to get the juices flowing. Um, before we asked each other the questions, there was actually something that he, he highlighted that he said, before meeting, I will sometimes ask the artist to write a paragraph on why he wants to do creative work. So I just thought that was interesting <laughs> that, you know, it's like you think of a producer and it's like, <clears throat> yeah, you know, oh, congratulations, you got a record deal. We're, we're going to produce your stuff. You know, you're going to be hooked up with this producer and the producer comes back with, please write a paragraph, please write an essay. Please submit to me an essay on why you want to do creative work. I mean, how would you think that was hilarious or, you know, or uh, would you? I mean, you know, <laughs> keep in mind that, no, I don't think it's hilarious. I think, you know, uh, I think people should <laughs> be like this more often across the board. I think, you know, people take on, jobs and then realize like oh man I, I should have really thought about this like you know like what makes you want to take on you know most of the time for, I guess the answer would be like well in your job but you know what I mean it's like do you really want to do this because if I'm going to do this we're going to do this you know like this guy's serious you know he can't be wasting his time so he's got to totally weed these uh, people out and you know I mean I think it's kind of interesting because it's like you get to know people a little bit different uh, the uh, communicate like reading, you know, like basically they're writing an essay, and the per- the the way a person expresses himself in in the written form can be, you know, uh, can add another dimension to how they are in real life, and you know, get a lot more understanding. So I think it's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, I I um I think just like going back to what we said on the last episode is that this dude really takes the role of producer and elevates it to, you know, uh, a really high level. And it's really cool that somebody takes it, you know, this seriously and also has written a book essentially formalizing the process. So, I mean, actually, this is sort of like a textbook. This book is like a textbook. Um, yeah, in some ways. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. reading another songwriting book that literally is like a, like a birthday <laughs> textbook. And that, that's like a textbook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is I should this is written cooler, much faster yeah, yeah. read, a much less repetitive. Yeah, I'm sorry I don't want to miss sound pejorative and say like it's like a textbook in that it's a slog to get through. It's not at all. It's an easy yeah. read. So anyway, so should we do the questions? Yeah, let's do them. Let's answer the first question. What Great. exactly so what exactly are you looking for by doing creative work? And if you haven't considered this question before, how does it make you feel now? Um, so I guess since you asked the question, I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, so, um, I have asked myself this question many times, uh, because sometimes I wonder what the value of creative work is, um, and why do I want to do it? And, and it sometimes actually comes back to something that you once said on this show, I believe, that it's not even like you get a choice. You, you just have to for some reason. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, and I'm sorry to take that answer if that was going to be your answer, which it was likely is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to. Um, more, more or less, my answer is that it's like, well, 
you know, if someone was like, what, what makes you, what are you looking for by doing creative work? It's like, well, I just have to do it. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, I just, I have to, I just really want to put like cool or like beautiful stuff out into the world. I think, yeah, I, I, um, I agree. And I actually think that, um, in the early days of this podcast, Dan Kutcher, um, mm-hmm. who's the normal co-host, he and I tackled this question once before. And I think it took a lot of, we talked around in circles for a bit, and then we finally came to the fact that, you know, it's like, it, it almost begs the question, like, why are, what is valuable about art at all? And why do people do art at all? And I think there's, and I, I don't remember the exact answer, but I think it has something to do with the fact that Art has a way of communicating um, the emotions. And, and if you don't like the word emotions, like if it's too vague or whatever, um, or if it's like a cop-out, it's like it has, art has a way of communicating the human experience um, in, that, is, that is fundamentally different than just straight up, pr- like describing it in a prose scientific way it has a way of it's almost like it's not a direct translation but art because it can be abstract is almost like a direct translation of of emotions into another format that that gets at it in a, in a way that's different than just saying like i feel happy i feel sad or if you prefer you can come up with a list of all the nuances of emotions, and you could be, you could be so precise about describing it, but you'll never, but you'll never capture it in the way that art can, because art is like its own language in some ways, you know. And I, I feel like I'm maybe not even getting to the answer, uh, oh. but yeah, you are, because maybe maybe the most best way to do it is to sing a song about it. right sure but you know i think you know artists are you know i I don't know you can you can call them leaders you can call them conduits but you know they they model how they model expression and that's just um you know so other people can follow that lead and that that's been since uh, with every culture or cluster of culture and since the beginning of time, you know, every, uh, I think even before humans could speak a language, they were expressing themselves through some sort of art. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, um, I agree. I think like, I think in some ways like art is not different from a lot of the other things that humans do, but it's not art until you know, it somehow has transcended whatever that base, whatever the base, like, motivations are of, like, being an organism at all. You know, it's like, I think art is, like, it's, like, something you want to do, but it's also something that, like, it's only, it can only be defined in retrospect and also in relation to how it affects people. Mm. You know, so it's a a loaded question. I mean, we could debate this to the end of it till the end of time, really. Yeah, but so, uh, so I actually will boil down the answer to like I just what what is what exactly are you looking for by doing creative work? And I think that my my answer actually now that we've talked around a little bit is 
because I want to do some. I want to do something more. You know, like I want to be able to reach that 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 abstract, maybe like ephemeral, ethereal, higher level that can't be. You know, that that only comes through art. I'm trying to tap into that somehow. Okay. Um, okay. Do you want me to ask goes, the next one? He goes on and he goes, I mean, this is kind of, I mean, this is a quick one. We could roll over this one. Yeah. Would you be satisfied working in a big corporation or serving drinks at a bar? Or is creative work something you couldn't imagine not doing? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, sure. Would we be satisfied just serving? You know, probably not with the big corporation I don't know. That's a loaded question, but I think whether we were working for the big corporation or serving drinks at a bar, we'd still be uh, getting together and you know doing all doing all this type of music stuff and content stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a no-brainer. I yeah, I, I agree. I I honestly think we could have an entire podcast episode just talking about what is art anyway, because when I read a question like this, I'm thinking like, would you be satisfied working in a big corporation? Well, first of all, I do work in a big corporation and in, you know, and am I satisfied? You know, I'll leave that for another podcast because, you know, yes and no. Um, But when I am satisfied, it's when I've brought to, brought to my work, something, some form of artistry, you know, (laughs) even, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. You know, I, you know, in my job, it's, uh, no, I'm not satisfied. I don't love it. But sometimes when I just like, exactly when you're like, okay, uh, when you get a win, it's always because it's like, okay, I did, I exactly, I slipped my creativity, I slipped my artistry into this, like put my heart into this, you know? So, yep. Yep. I feel you on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the next set of questions are like, you kind of, you kind of like, I don't know, I, I would think, I thought these are kind of like rapid fire because it goes, do you seek success? Do you seek fame? And then how do you define success? Because when someone says, do you succeed, do you seek success? I would have to answer that with a question. I'd be like, define success. Can you define mm-hmm. success? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, hell yeah, if, if I'm, if I'm. It depends on the situation. I guess in this situation, seek success with making this project. It's like, oh, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> I, don't know how to, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I agree because I think, like, success can be defined many ways. And I think, like, what, you know, I'll just, well, I don't want to read too deeply into the question because I don't want to get it wrong, but. You know, it's like, do you seek success? I don't think there's right and wrong answers here. Maybe not. So he says, do you seek success? And I think that when when you say success, like, I think that feeling like you did something great and feeling really proud of it afterward and and or maybe um, like having a really – meaningful journey along the way is probably like, you know, a lot of that. There's a lot of success in there. Um, But, but then there's like, if he means, do I seek success in terms of is my, does my, is my album 
is my is my art objectively successful in that it sells a lot and of I, it, yeah in that in that it has a response from people other than me you know is sort of like uh, and I use objectively you know very tenuously there but uh, you know is it really is that really successful you know and I would say yeah I probably seek both because I kind of do feel like I, I do love just making music and I do love doing like what we do, but just like shooting things back and forth and just like having a dialogue about it in general. And I feel like to me, <clears throat> that is success in some ways, like just having the experience is success. Yeah. But I, I also have to have like a come to Jesus moment for myself in a way. You need like a validate just, success as well. Yeah, like like is it success if it is it really success if it never sees the light of day? Right. You know? Yeah. And I and I really have to sort of I don't know the answer. I don't, I'm not sure what the answer is, but I have a suspicion that you know, as being humans, being an inherently social creature, being dependent upon others for survival and validation generally, you know, maybe not validation so much, but for survival, sure. I think success actually probably does maybe mean something like there has to be some kind of external validation to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? agreed. agreed. So, you know. Otherwise, you know, I mean, you can, it's very easy to tip that scale and be like, well, I, I grew a lot. Of, I, grew, I grew a lot on this journey, making this record, doing this project, whatever it is, but it's like, you could easily flip that switch and be like, wow, like, no one bought the record. No one heard the record. It was not a success. It did not, I did not get to, I did not, you know, maybe I set out to make this because I wanted to inspire and I, I didn't get to inspire anyone, you know, no one mm-hmm. heard it. Oh no. Yeah. You know, so I think that, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think that's a good answer for both of the success questions. Um, yeah. And I, I actually want to throw a caveat in there just because he actually mentions it early in the chapter. He says like, doing art for art's sake is like the biggest validation. So it makes me think of like the force from Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you are not in the flow of things, like seeking success, like seeking monetary success and seeking outside validation to your art, you know, is it's a it's a very it's a you're you're sort of towing the line because that's the path to the dark side in a sense mm-hmm. you know so but creativity for creativity's sake is like the actual goal but you know if you are you know like quote unquote like if you are pure of heart you know <laughs> like if you are the one true king whatever the hell you know it's like from all the like stories you know mm-hmm then then you will be validated. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, everyone's different, but it's kind of like, what do you, like, uh, you know, whatever. I don't want to get off too much of a tangent, but yeah, that's a, it's, it's a wide open thing. Uh, I guess, you know, like, I don't know. I, me personally, I want to, I want some sort of external validation. Something. <laughs> I want some, 
you know? I like that. <laughs> you know, but if I had yeah. that, it wouldn't be the end of it either. So, uh, right. Know, well, yeah. Um, what about yeah. this question? Do you seek fame? Yeah, fame is tough because fame is like, you know, I think fame is, in a sense, it's sort of like, a, um, you know, there's two aspects of fame. If you can be like, you know, the true artist and bring your, you know, your, you can bring your soul to it, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get famous on that and people are touched by what you're doing. That's, you know, to me, that's like objectively positive and there's no negatives to that. Right. But if you, if you're just fame, like famous for the sake of, you know, being famous, but you're not bringing anybody anything that's like really, you know, true, transcendent and like useful to them. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, like if you're just bringing ear candy, um, then, then that's not the type of fame that, you know, is good. And that actually, you know, can backfire on you because fame itself is not, is a, is as much, uh, commitment as it is. Yeah, exactly. Poisonous too, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, So I don't do fame. Yeah. I guess then we'd have to say, I guess I would say shoulder shrug. Shoulder shrug. I agree with what you just said. I mean, yeah, it would be a shoulder shrug. Like, oh. You know, like, because it could be, I guess the first thing I thought about it would it be like, well, I mean, I don't know. Do I see fame? Like, if my song was absolutely famous and people, like, loved it and it moved people to tears or whatever, but someone else was singing it, I'd, I'd take it. Yeah, I'd take that fame, <laughs> you know, and hopefully, like, uh, you know, for enough people, they would find out, like, oh, what's, you know, maybe what's the original version, you know, but, you know, I, I, I agree, you know, and uh, fame could be, if it's a positive fame, we'd have to define fame, and I like your definition, you know, uh, the fame that you would want would be um, just to, not the poisonous fame, you know, the true uh-huh. uplifting fame. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's keep moving on. I don't want the listeners to get too bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you define appreciation from others for the work that you do? Is appreciation from others absolutely necessary? Well, that's funny. We already talked about that. Um, what would yeah. it feel like or look like if you were to attain what you were striving for? Uh, I mean, I, I think we sort of already said that. Should we? Die? I don't think we need to dive back in. Well, you know, I think I, I'll just say something about the question mm-hmm. in that what would it feel like, look like if you were to attain what you were striving for? I think it's valuable as sort of like a visualization exercise. Okay. You know, like if I, if I had to be, you know, I, I'll answer the question as, as concisely as I can. I would, if, if, if what I was striving for was attained, my life would be um, basically just that of an artist. And so, you know, I would have, I would be making music um, pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. And I would be, and I would have enough fans to at least support my, you know, my lifestyle. You know, so a thousand fans spending a hundred dollars, uh, a year, 
you know, or, or two thousand fans spending a hundred dollars a year, you know, or mm-hmm. 5,000 fans spending 20 bucks a year or something. I don't know, whatever it is, you know, on my music so that I could really deep dive in, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the numbers are. I can't say how many fans or whatever, but just enough to, uh, you know, just to, just to have enough to comfortably like live the way I want to live and do what I love to do would be, you know, that would be it. Mm-hmm. And, and actually I think I may want to change my answer again or like have a B a B answer or an A answer. And yeah, you know, my former answer was B, but my okay. A answer would be, you know how many times, like, I don't know how many times this has happened to you, but I've, had this experience where I've heard a song that was mm-hmm. so good and I just thought if I could make a song like that I would be so happy. Hell yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Or if I just I hear an album that's just so good and I would just be like, you know, this album is so good. If I could just make this one album, if I just made it this one album and I had no other career, that would be really significant for me. You know, and I probably could just, you know, go on the rest of my life just, you know, riding it out, you know, and doing something else or something. And I don't know if that's actually true. I don't know if I'd actually be satisfied or if I'd even know if it was that good if I made it myself. But I've had that experience many times. Yeah. So it might just be like, can I really just make, like, I wish I could just make something you know, that, that I could listen back to and think, wow, I, I finally did it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we're getting off, like, this is, uh, this is, I mean, yeah, this, this gives, like, I think this would give him a very uh, good sense of, um, I mean, everything points to you're just a very, um, you have a vision, and you have uh, like you have your mark, you know. Like I think, yeah, that's this would be enough, right? It's like, yeah. Well, where we're at with this. All right. Anyway, I don't want to get off on a tangent because I'm always getting off on tangents on your mm-hmm. podcast here. So <laughs> well, that's the whole. Is, by the uh, way, that's the whole point of a podcast. But I guess go on. <laughs> I know, I know. We've already been talking for a while, and there's still so many more questions. So let's let let's blow through them. Because I mean, I I agree with you, and I I would I would think that most listeners are agreeing with us right now too. So I wonder, um, how do you view yourself? So you as an artist, wow, this is going to be a mouthful for you because you have so many uh, projects with so many identities. Oh yeah, so that's interesting that you thought of it that way. I I actually don't even know how to answer this question. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, how do you? I mean, how do you view yourself? Uh, you know, I view myself as I would say, like, uh, you know, modest. I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't, as an artist or a musician, music artist, I certainly don't do anything flashy. Um, I'm pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. I like to keep things uh, basically uh, 
rootsy, you know, like, uh, um, but also, no, I mean, I'm pretty open. I wouldn't ever, like, it's hard to say. I, I'm not the kind of person who try to, like, uh, box my stuff in as mm-hmm. what kind of music I would put out. I mean, I think it's safe to say I'm not going to be putting out any hip-hop records. Uh, <laughs> I have that kind of uh, uh, flow that stuff doesn't come out of me. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I also don't put up, there's no smokes and mirror to anything that I do. Everything is uh, pretty honest to the core. So I guess that's how I'd have to come across. Just uh, could I just say honest? Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. Um, I think that's a good characterization of yourself. I do think that you. Um, yeah, I I do think that you try to like get to the soul of things. I guess. Mm. You know, um, and I do think you tend to prefer um, a a straightforward presentation rather than something that's like uh, too, you know, not, you don't want something that's like all adorned with all sorts of like, you want something to be just like good and like, you know, just like good at its core. Yeah. And everything yeah. else in the production, like, appropriate or, like, I don't know, like, clever or, I don't know. Yeah. Tough question. Yeah, huh? <laughs> really yeah tough I, question. it's a tough How question. Because I also am on this kick where, like, I don't know if um, people can really, like, I don't know how much stock you can, uh, should be putting in your own opinions of yourself. You know, I don't know if it's good to get caught up in that sort of thing. You know, I'll, I don't know either. I'll I'll leave that on the table because, you know, I, I kind of feel like you can, you you know, the risk is like you can get too caught up if you're too self-aware, you know. But also, if you do no self-reflection, then, you know, you're not, that might be just as bad. Yeah, then you're lost. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll, I'll just. I'll try to answer this question very quickly. Obviously, I just want the listeners to know we, we purposely uh, – like I, I, I didn't even read all these questions. I was like, I'm going to wait for the podcast when Keith and I like, answer these questions together. So this is actually the first time I'm even reading these questions as well. Yeah. You know, so this is actually kind of an interesting thing because we're actually already at 31 minutes, and I usually like to keep the podcast to 30 minutes, although you and I have gone over many times. I, yeah. I want to be respectful of your time actually today. Uh, I guess. Um, so if you, but I, but I also think we should sort of like, you know, it's. I think we should probably go through them a little bit faster, just so we yeah. can get them done. Sure. Um, you know, not to say that the rest of them are not important or anything, but um, how do you view yourself? I'll just answer my. I'll, I'll answer it very quickly. I think I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm artistically confused. 
you know, I, and I always want to do like a million things. So, you know, that's that. Um, yeah. Sometimes I think about how you're like, I want to do one group that does this genre and this and this and this and, and I, and you say all that. And sometimes I'm just like, well, why don't you just have a group that, that does all those things? And like that right. identity. It's like, well, yeah, there's some really jazzy songs and there's some, more like experimental songs and then there's some like straight up like pop kind of songs. I mean, you know, I don't know how that uh, works out to putting out albums, but, uh, you know, anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. you say that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny too because you're confused because you, uh, like in the sense where you're putting your eggs in, in, in a couple different baskets, but right. not confused in, in, uh, where your skill lies. Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think like I've just taken this approach to like, it's because I want to do so many things instead of like expecting to be good at any of them. I'm really trying to like find my, my comfort in, mm-hmm. in the, in the process. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, and not really like try to have too many expectations of like, you know, creating some like, you know, identity crisis. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't like expect any of these albums that I eventually make to be like these groundbreaking things. I'm just trying to like be comfortable in the process. I'll read you. Let me read the next question. <clears throat> Can you find positivity in loss or rejection and work through them? Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually think that this question is like can you find positivity in love? It's like your answer has to be yes. And, you know, it's not even like whether you, whether you can or you can't, it's almost like saying like you have to. Yeah. (laughs) Totally humble and open for, for anything like that. Let's go to the next question. Yeah. Can you transform the experience of loss or rejection into something that inspires you to achieve your goals? Hell Yes. Yeah, that's another same same thing. Okay. Can you see yourself moving beyond? You think he would settle if if he was in Israel? I'm like, oh yeah, he would be like, why? Well, you know, no, how, yeah. How, how does he dig in? Um, I I actually think like let, let's just back up for a second. Can uh, you transform the experience of loss or rejection into something that inspires you to achieve your goals? So, this is like a rhetorical question. Also, just like the prior one, you, it's not like can you. If you say no, then the deal's over. <laughs> like, you have to answer yes to that, right? Probably. That's a deal breaker. I mean, but I guess in a sense, like, I don't know, maybe there's people, you know, who are like, well, no, like, this is my material. This is my identity. Like, you know, I, I'm not changing it. Like, I built it, you know, and, and maybe they can't. Like, they do have a more... uh fixed position on it and, and mm-hmm. can't take their injection or shift, uh, you know, they're not being open. I guess some people might feel uncomfortable saying no or feel, feel uh, would have to be honest and say, no, I'm not. Or like even be like, I don't know, like I'll try. You know, I, so it's funny that you, so I'm glad you, you took the opportunity to open the question up from, to something more, you know, like be more open, which actually ca- you characterize yourself as being open. And so I think that's probably, you know, you're, you're just being yourself. 
um, because I, because I, w I took a very hard line of like not being able to interpret this any other way. But, but, you know, like all these conversations actually are good because they lead us to um, like a higher understanding of things or maybe a deeper understanding because now I'm going even further and I'm saying, can you transform the experience of loss or rejection into something that inspires you to achieve your goals? And my first answer was yes, you, you have to. And if you say no, it's a deal breaker. But on the other hand, if your answer is yes and you take all that loss and rejection and you transform it into like some sort of like evil empire, then instead of becoming the great artist, you've just become like a supervillain. <laughs> you know? So, so there true. is a place so there true. is a place where you have to like stop or maybe like it's intimidating question, right? You have to be able to transform your loss into a positive, you know, like transform I mean, I it. The way, I guess the way I interpret the question is like, are you willing to refine? Are you willing to um, change for the better? Like that's even yeah. what I'm, I'm hearing it, but you know, everyone's different. Everyone uh, interprets it. Yeah. And it could be scary because, you know, you have these songs that you love, you know, mm -hmm. that you, you know, you may not want to change anything about. And then of course, like, you get rejected by the, you know, by someone or by the marketplace or whatever. Sure. You know, they could be, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be tough. Like, I mean, I'm open to it, but I, I, I guess I'd have to be honest in answering the question and be like, I, I think so, but I may, you know, there's definitely going to be maybe sometimes where I, I have a strong stance. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, there are some things I, I may be unwilling to change, but I don't know, you're you're a freaking expert, you know. You're, you're the one who's got all the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't you answer the questions, asshole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you just tell me the answers? So, all right. What's the next question? Uh, can you see yourself moving beyond your present boundaries in order to achieve things you can't imagine at this moment? I mean, for me, I think, like, yeah, for me in my life, I, I always am looking to uh, improve. I mean, I don't know. This is like in my astrological uh, 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 readings. Like, yeah, I, I'm always looking to uh, explore. I'm always looking to move beyond or, how, you know, there's, however you want to put it. I'm always looking for more. I, I'll, I'll second that, and I'll say that my astrological um, characterization mm -hmm. is also um, points me in that direction. Like, what's what's the next horizon? You know, mm -hmm. like what's beyond the horizon? You know, that I can't see. But you know, right. and then how do you get there? You know, besides moving forward one step at a time. What here's the next question. What yeah. is a formative experience in your life that taught you about loss or about pain? Ooh. What is a formative experience in your life that taught you about loss or about pain? Yeah. You know, I'll just jump right into it. Like I'll say like I've written a few of the songs on the handshake record, you know, are sort of veiled you know, things about, lo you know, loss or pain. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, you know, they're obviously, like, most of it's interpersonal stuff um, because that's what, you know, that's what, like, 90s coffee shop guitar players do, <laughs> you know? They mm-hmm. just sing about, like, relationships that have gone sour. Um, but I, I think, like, for me, um, you know, I've had, like, one of my songs um, was about this i i've always been i guess early in life i think i've always been a like a very shy person even though it may not seem that way i guess i don't know i'm not really sure i shouldn't even i shouldn't even editorialize as i'm speaking but i was always kind of a shy um insecure person i guess and so uh you know a lot of my music is about a feel that feeling um <laughs> And so there's one of those, there's, there's that aspect and there's another aspect of, and, and I think a lot of like my relationship uh, calamities are really result from that. And so a lot of my songs are about that as well. And then there's actually, you know, times when I was like severely hurt by people. Um, I can't n- mention names, but, you know, like cheated on, <laughs> you know, like uh, stuff like that, you know, it's just like, so, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot of those things are formative. Yeah. But, read. Yeah. but okay. I wrote the, I'll just go back to my, and I don't want to be too egotistical here, but, um, I'll write one, one of the first lyrics from one of my songs is I'm sure of it now. Every lung, every love song that I write starts with I. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, for me, it's like, and despite the fact that I don't want to make myself out to be some sort of like enlightened, you know, person, because I'm not at all. Um, but, you know, like, but at least I have this self-awareness to know that I am causing a lot of the problems, you know, even though I haven't probably dealt with them properly, Hmm. a lot of my stuff. So, you know, um, I'm not qualified to comment on, on that. I don't know. (laughs) Definitely not my department. Do you want to get a psychology PhD and then come back? Yeah. (laughs) I think I might have to go to, like, some therapy sessions before I can answer this question. I I would definitely say uh, relationships, um, but also I uh, have this habit of getting a lot of uh, inspiration from um, stories or even, like, TV shows and movies uh, right Mm -hmm. now. Um, uh, So... You know, I would I would dig even that deep. I mean, sure, just life at this point. I mean, I'm, I've got four decades of, uh, of uh, you know, opportunities for pain. And then, you know, that's it's all over the world. It's all over TV, movies, books. So mm-hmm. you know, I can go into detail, but uh, I won't right now. Next question. <laughs> What is a formative experience? Uh, actually, I'll just I'll I'll also just say that I actually read this question and I was thinking about telling a story, um, and then, you know, just for the sake of like having like a, uh, I don't know, like a, you know, something something crazy to say out loud on a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, but then of course, like then you bring it up, and it's like now I have to tell the story. Um, but so I will actually, because might as well. 
Okay. So I had I had a um, I had like a breakup in college. I guess it's sort of like a half of a breakup. I don't even know what to call it. Um, and I and I kind of knew. Wait, what do you mean a half breakup? Like only one person. I like, think we broke up. Kind of thing was like we're going to break up, and the other person was like, "No, we're not." I think we got broke up and we got back together. Okay. And I and I and I can't you know. <laughs> you're. I doubt she's listening to this. If you're listening to this, you probably know who you are. Uh, and so, um, and this is good. You're going to think this is hilarious. <laughs> you're going to think this is hilarious. But, um, and I, you know, of course, it's, you know, all my fault, mostly, probably, because, you know, of how immature I have been in my life. But I, this is like music has always been very touching to me, like a lot of musical things, like really, you know, uh, I have a lot of touchstones in my life that are that are um, that are uh, connected to music. But I was driving back to college one year, and I put on Jimmy Eat World Clarity mm-hmm. of all the albums. Now I'm not going to say what I think of that album. I'm just going to say that I put it on, and the first album, the first song on it is Table for Glasses. Mm-hmm. That the song jam, came right? the slow jam, yeah. That song came on, and I put it on repeat for the entire drive to college and cried like a baby the entire <laughs> time. I mean, I'm surprised I didn't crash my car because I was weeping like sobbing, you know? I probably got dehydrated from the amount of sobbing I did, from, and that song <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> And this was when I was actually going to break up with someone. I was on my way to break up with someone. You know, and I had made up my mind. But, you know, that song came on and something about when the when the drums come in, uh-huh. you know, helped me release. And I just cried like a baby. So that's, that's your formative experience for law. Well, you know, I, I guess. I don't even know. You know, it's like I, I haven't done enough reflection to like I know these really are these know. Are tough questions because even this one like a formative uh, experience to tell you about success and happiness like without thinking about it much so, you know the first thing that came into my mind was like still waiting <laughs> you know? and you know of course there are, I'm sure there have been uh, but um, <laughs> I, I I mean I, I can't really think of many uh, that come to mind I mean I guess like when I, in relation to music, I can let's answer it just to that because that was uh, the train that I was basically riding since high school. You know, I went to to college and I, I you know, that never really felt like much of a uh, uh, success story. It was just, you know, um, but uh, you know, then getting to make records and like having people put those records out with the, the bands that I played in, and then like getting to go on tour and those tours turning into, you know, the shows are, would get uh, bigger or, you know, when we would go overseas and things like that. And uh, I guess those would be like, uh, you know, there was success and, and those uh, probably, you know, traveling like that and, and doing all that uh, uh, and having the freedom to do all that was definitely you know, some of the happiest times. So, mm-hmm. I guess that, that, but I guess also, um, you know, even, and I guess even before that, I, I can go as far back as to, uh, 
when I had my band in high school, you know, it seemed like we were just like, we'd have all these little uh, benchmarks and breakthroughs. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, and a lot of uh, the attention we got, even though it was all very local, uh, very insular at the time, uh, it was, uh, it meant a lot. So I think, you know, small, uh, looking back on it now, they were small moments, but, you know, they were pretty huge and uh, formative at that at that point. So I guess mm-hmm. I would just back to some of those. Yeah. I, I, I think he asked this because he wants to know, like, can you, you know, if you're writing a song like this about loss, about pain, about success, about happiness, like, are you going to have, like, the acting method uh, uh, reference to, like, perform that song? You know, I, I think that's why he would ask something. You know, um, maybe I, I actually, I'm actually not sure why he would ask that question, except that, well, actually, so I'll, I'll maybe I'll, I'll actually pose a different, um, answer. Maybe it's just like gauging whether a person, like where a person is really at in their, in their human development. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. These are deep questions. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think about, I hear you talking, right? And I think, like, formative experience to tell you about success, and you you refer to, like, your musical success. And I actually think that um, you're, you've been more successful. This is, you might, you might object to this, but you've been more successful than me in music. I think in terms of, like, being in successful bands that, that went on tours and things and having, like, you know, um that sort of recognition, um, I guess, like public recognition. And so, you know, so then, and that that was my reaction when you said that stuff. And, And so when I think about, like, the experience of my life that taught me about success, I have to kind of reflect on why I feel that way. And I think that maybe, like, for me, I think there's, like, there's an element of like whether someone has wisdom inside this and like, so then reflecting on your answer and why I felt that way about your answer makes me feel like I have to um, think about the relationship of success and happiness. And I think that for me, like my quote unquote coping mechanism for like, not having achieved and like no one ever achieves what they want to in music. Right. Like that's kind of like the plight of the musician, but or the artist, yeah, the artist, right. Not having achieved what I want to achieve in music has made me reflect on the fact that happiness, you know, probably wouldn't even come from me achieving some objective goal that I think is what I want now. And maybe, and it's just probably going to always expand. Mm. And so I think it's like probably finding happiness, in like the moment, you know, and always pushing forward and having gratitude for where you are. Yeah. And, you know, so like, cause, and I'll, and I'll be very frank. Like, I think like some of my songs are good and some of my songs are bad um, or not as good, let's say, but I, I know that you've really blossomed as a songwriter and like over the past couple of years that you've been sharing songs with me, there are some of your songs that are so good, and I just wish I could have written a song. Like, I feel like 
your songs are just like you say, like e- they they flow easier and they're more natural. I feel like my songs are kind of forced in some ways, you know. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Just we're like gonna have to get your, we're gonna have to get you a producer. <laughs> you know, I have bad news for you. I think you might be him. <laughs> uh, I knew it. <laughs> this right, is all a big news. We're getting on for a long time. Let's try to get let's these close this thing out. Yeah. Um. Uh. The next one is: What is a formative experience in your life? Uh, and that's and yes, of course, I'll produce you best I can. Mm-hmm. Um, love to. But what is a formative experience in your life that demonstrated to you that you needed to do creative work? Hmm. What are you, are you going to answer it? I mean, I would just say, geez, like I think, um, you know, when I started playing guitar, that was like the one thing that I hit on. You know, my, my folks are always trying to get me to do extracurricular activities. Um, uh, you know, like they used to try to get me to go to like, you know, in, in New York we have all like the public schools usually do a, a summer camp. And they would always try to like sign me up for those and, I'd go and I'd just be like, I just hated it. You know, uh, tried playing like basketball for a while, tried baseball, uh, did uh, martial arts. That was cool. I did that for the longest set of all those things. Mm-hmm. But um, still became disenchanted with it at some point. But when I got to the guitar, not only was it like I could just, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't drink enough up the whole, because it wasn't just a guitar. It was like, people writing songs and the science and theory of music and thinking about why a band or a person would make this choice or that choice and then like capturing the energy, you know, getting into the recording, getting into, you know, it's just kind of like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. This is, this is what's <laughs> calling me. I'm going to be, you know, and of course back then I was just like, yeah, you know, it was like, you couldn't, you you know, if I could go back on it now, I would have taken like a gap year before I went to um, school to study music. I, you know, for some reason I was hell-bent on, on going away, even though I only, I dormed up at, you know, SUNY Purchase, which is, you could be in the city in 35 minutes on the train, on the express train. So mm-hmm. I don't even know why I was so, but I just, um, you couldn't convince me that I wasn't going to go and study video composition, you know, like mm-hmm. I was too, too thirsty and hell bent on it. So, um, I, I guess that would be it, you know, when I, when I first, and actually you, uh, you know, Keith, everyone being my, uh, technically second guitar teacher, but you know, the first one that I actually learned stuff from, not T, 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 ta, 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 you know, learning, uh, how to play half of a chord instead of a whole chord at once, you know, <laughs> which, uh, you know, it's like a, uh, it's a conversation for another podcast, but, you know, uh, best uh, just, uh, life, that was, that was the formative experience, you know, going through that process, sticking with it, even when it was like, you know, when it was hard to learn bar chords, you know. That's mm-hmm. And drop the mic. Drop the mic. Yeah, I think, um, uh, I, I think about stuff like this a lot, and I think we've covered a lot of this aspect of it too, because I feel like there's something in both of us that 
it's, you know, I think like over my life, it's easy for me to just look back and think like, you know, oh, I just do music because, you know, it's kind of random, you know, it's just what I fell into, you know, but, you know, I don't know, like maybe there's something, I, I think that I have to be a little more open to the fact that, so my attitude thus far has been like, I fell into it and I loved it because it was something that, you know, I just, I loved it because the the situation of music was inviting to me in ways that, like sports, for instance, or acting, or just regular academics wasn't, you know, it wasn't as inviting, or there wasn't as much of a community, or, you know, it's like, but on the one hand, and so it's just like, you know, the stars aligned, and I just, but it wasn't part of me that caused me to do it but then also i have to sort of be a little more open to the fact that maybe there is something inside me that's uniquely um you know uniquely predisposed to music because there's you know from the very early days it's just like all i've ever wanted to do (laughs) you know from the from the time from pretty much the first within the first year or so that i started doing it yeah more or less even even for me i can think back like Every kid gets obsessed with video games, you know, yes. and like I had an NES, I had a Nintendo. And then like as things went on, I bought a Genesis. I never really cared about it as much as like, you know, yeah. but when I put the guitar in my hand, it was just like, it's just a, a different, uh, it's very powerful. Yeah. It felt like, uh, felt like I finally got my He-Man sword. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there was something like clearly, obviously, we both had some, you know, we both have some sort of predisposition to it or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Should we get on? We we did it for an hour. So now we've done a lot of freaking podcasting today. Okay. So I think we got to cut it off. Let everybody go buy the book if you want to buy the. It's a great book. Buy it from us. Uh, if you want to, the, the link is an affiliate link, so that helps us out a little bit. If not, still recommend buying it because it's cool. Um, if you want to check out uh, Justin's stuff, we'll post the link again to his um, Blank Baby Bandcamp. Is it Bandcamp? Yeah, right? Yeah. And we'll also post um, – Justin has an apothecary. Now, you don't meet many people who have an apothecary. No. So, <laughs> so, you know, deal with that. Um, so we're going to post a link to his apothecary, and you can go buy some salves and balms and, and aromatherapy things and anything else you want to mention. Mm-hmm. Or contact me for custom. Custom. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he'll, he'll fix you up something bespoke. Yeah, we do a whole – well, anyway, I'll advertise that another time on a shorter podcast. Bird. All right. Sign All right. Off. Thanks for doing it. Later. All right. Later, Keith. See ya.